Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Greetings, tomatoes. I'm Cheryl Benson, and I'm the founder of The Three Tomatoes, and I'm your host of this happy hour episode. And we all want to fall in love and live happily ever after, but is happily ever after actually possible? <laughs> well, my guest today is my friend, Beattie Cullen, and she has a lot to say on this topic. Beattie is a nationally recognized psychotherapist, a sex therapist. She's the author of For Better, For Worse, Forever, Discover the Path to Lasting Love. She's a national speaker. She's an advice columnist for Dance Papers in the Hamptons. She's the host of the Ask Beatty Show on the Progressive Radio Network, and she also has a private practice in New York City and East Hampton. So welcome, Beatty. It's so good to be with you, Cheryl. It's really great to be here. Well, it's my pleasure, and this is such a an important topic, and I think uh, even even more so perhaps than ever. And I know you have a lot of thoughts on on that as well. And when it comes to the state of relationships, you say that despite all the relationship books, the relationship therapists, the coaches, the relationship podcast, the TV shows, the retreats, rehabs, that we are continuing to spiral downward when it comes to finding and maintaining healthy relationships. And you're on a very serious mission to change that. And if anyone doubts that that's the situation, you have some very sobering statistics. So share some of those with us. No, absolutely. For example, you know, I want listeners to realize that every single day, three women are murdered in the United States by their, as I say, their so-called, you know, intimate partners. Every year, Cheryl, 1.2 million women are forcibly raped by their current or former male partner. And if we're looking at what is going on in the college world, 26.4% of female college students experience rape or sexual assault over the course of their college career. And then high schoolers, when I was in high school and when you were in high school, I think we were probably not talking about domestic violence or intimate partner violence, but in high schools in the United States currently, 25% of high school girls in the United States have been physically or sexually abused by a dating partner. And we are not even talking about emotional or psychological or verbal abuse. And if we're looking at divorce, the divorce statistics for first marriages is uh, 48%. And for second marriages, I mean, one hopes, right, that we are going to learn something and not repeat history. But unfortunately, 
the divorce rate for second marriages happens to be 67%. And what about for third or more marriages? Well, the divorce rate for third marriages is 73%. That's the reality, Cheryl, of what's really going on in this country. I have to say, Beatty, that third divorce rate number is astonishes me. You're right. You would think by the time you've got to a third marriage, you would have kind of figured this out, uh, but apparently not. Um, and while those numbers are astounding, the, you know, the violence against women, you know, that's something I've been in, involved with, with organizations for a long time, and those numbers don't change. And that is um, just a really sad, sad state of affairs. And hearing those numbers about girls in college, I have a granddaughter in college, I'm sure women listening, they have you know, teenage girls, and those are ter terrifying numbers, really. Um, but I, I want to get into talking a little bit about, well, one of the things during the pandemic, and I do want to talk about relationships for a minute, one of the uh, even worse things that happened, maybe even worse than COVID, was the increase in domestic violence, and there were women just trapped in their homes who are in abusive relationships. And during the pandemic, that was really scary. And I know people were trying to figure out how they could even reach these women um, and do something to help them. So that um, that was very sad. Um, What's true, Cheryl, is that the pandemic didn't cause, it wasn't the causal factor and, and, and reason for the for the increase, I mean, uh, what it did, it exacerbated, uh, you know, already existing problems, and of right. course, it made it so 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 difficult to be able to to go to to leave, and I think a lot of couples they either got closer or they actually really got further apart. And a, a friend of mine, uh, Lisa Ziderman, who is a very prominent divorce uh, attorney here in New York City. You know, she was saying that gray divorce is an example, really, really increased gray divorce, meaning people who, you know, are over 50 and 60 and who've been married for a very, very long time, that the divorce statistics and people contacting divorce attorneys uh, has really, really gone up since the pandemic. Yeah, well, I think, you know, putting the domestic violence aside, just people being together 24 right. 7 plus just the stress of what we were all going through i think you're right those stressors i'm sure put more stress perhaps on relationships that maybe were already fragile that were maybe easier to deal with when you had other outlets for leaving or doing other stuff or as you said they actually brought some people closer i mean there are people who I know we're sort of dating, but then ended up, you know, staying together in the pandemic and then realized they really had a relationship. So what, what are your thoughts on that in terms of how some of that happened or didn't happen? Well, it's really interesting because my husband, Jim, I mean, he has loved all of this. I mean, he hasn't been going to the university to teach. He does his television show from home. I do my radio show for home. But I, for one, I, I have been starting to find it increasingly difficult to not be seeing people, you know, face to face and not being free to, to, to move about. 
but uh, there was a lot of negotiation that would have hopefully happened or, or oftentimes didn't happen with, with couples as they were negotiating time together, time apart, closeness, distance. And it really did. I mean, it added an additional stress on relationships that were already stressed. And I think it also added uh, an additional dimension of stress to relationships that were functioning pretty well. I mean, you can't really be with somebody 24 hours a day. It's it's over the top. It's too much. And yes. hopefully now things are opening up and we're going to get back to a new normal. Exactly. And we all have our own space and we all certainly need space in the real sense and in the you know, headspace right. sense too. Right. So anyway, before we get into the very important topic of why relationships fail, which is one of the one of the big things that you talk about, let's talk about our culture, because I know that you say and we see it all the time that the media really does glamorize dysfunctional relationships. I mean, you don't have to look much further right now than Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and you know, he's playing out all of his drama and it gets all of his media attention. So can you talk about that some and how that gets into our psyches, really? Absolutely. And then I really want to comment on the Kim Kardashian Kanye West situation. It's a very, very serious, serious situation that is being glamorized. I mean, Kanye West has uh, has come out actually a couple of years ago and talked about that uh, he's been diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. And I mean, for me, even though I haven't seen and evaluated and treated Kanye West, I mean, clearly he's in a manic stage and, and the threats, the physical threats, the, the verbal threats that are being made. And instead of the, the media maybe taking a step back and saying, look, this is a serious kind of situation so that if you other people are in relationships where you are feeling so frightened and feeling so scared, I mean, you really do need to pay attention. And yet what's happening is that they're focusing on uh, their children being on on social media too much, and they're they're focusing on the Kim Kardashian and the Pete Davidson uh, you know situation. And I frankly, you know, been watching this story very concerned that something really terrible could happen to Kim, to her kids, to Pete, because he is clearly, and he's acknowledged, he's off his medication. And if you are bipolar, you do not come off your medication unless you're really looking for a lot of trouble. And for me, it's a very frightening situation that is being glamorized. And I think too, Cheryl, that these shows, you know, whether or not you're talking about marriage at first sight or, or, you know, some of the, the housewives of New York and, and, you know, some of these other places, I think that on, on the surface, you know, we can just kind of look at it as innocent, fun entertainment. However, I feel that their messages about relationships and marriage really do make a mockery of what it takes to have a healthy relationship and what ingredients really need to be in a healthy relationship if a relationship has a chance of success. Yeah, I, I think you're so right on, Beatty. And when you look at the media, it's, you know, if it's a love story, it's, you know, the fantasy, it is the happily ever after. And if it's the, the flip side, it's, you know, it's glamorizing the, you know, dysfunctional part of it and it and there's not a lot of in between that actually show us what real relationships 
real loving relationships should look like. So I no, it's true what you're saying. And you know, also I think on a, on an unconscious level, a lot of these shows, I mean, the message to to young people, and I think to all people, is that maybe it's really okay that we have a tumultuous relationship, uh, given the fact that we have our beautiful house in Beverly Hills, and we have our yachts, and we have our, our, our money. And I think that there is a lot of confusion with a lot of people, probably with the majority of people who really have not been fortunate enough to learn the ingredients that actually go into a healthy long-term relationship. Exactly. And I, and, you know, when you look at the divorce rate numbers too, so there's certainly a lot of kids that have and are growing up in homes that, you know, have have been a product of divorce homes and they've seen the dysfunctional side of relationships too so i'm sure that contributes to these numbers that don't seem to get better and as you say are getting worse so you talk a lot about why relationships fail i think you actually have four key reasons so <laughs> talk about those Okay, you know, I always talk about, you know, the bad news and then the good news. You know, I'm I'm only not only clear about, you know, the reasons why we're having such problems, but of course, I'm also very clear about the things that we need to do to never make a mistake in love again. So, number 1, Cheryl. And this is after, you know, 35 years as a practicing psychotherapist and sex therapist and researcher, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, number 1, if each of us and people really need to take this in. If each of us is not in a good place emotionally and psychologically and psychiatrically, and that we are willing, even though it's not fun to deal with our traumas from our past, our depression, our anxiety, our early child sexual abuse, our substance abuse, whatever, we will never, in my view, be able to have a successful relationship with anyone. And I used to tell my daughter, Jordana, in fact, I wrote the book for her uh, when she was a little girl, is that the, I really believe that the relationship needs to be the icing on the cake. We need to be the cake. We need to be strong. We need to be centered. We need to know who we are. And then the relationship can be wonderful. And it adds something, of course, to, uh, to everybody's lives. So that's number one. Well, that's a big, that's a biggie. So I hope everyone really took that in. <laughs> Work on yourself first, right? It's, it's so important. I mean, we're sure we're looking to be saved. And, and, you know, we hope that the fantasy that the prince is going to somehow save the, and rescue the damsel in distress. And I think that those old fairy tales, again, on some level, I think that they still, they stick with us and that we're hoping that that is true, but it is unfortunately not true. So number two, and I say this with, with love and respect, and I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm blaming them because that is not what I'm doing. But I have found that the majority of people have absolutely no idea whatsoever what ingredients really go into a successful relationship. Because you think about where, where are we going to learn about all of this? And if we were not lucky enough to grow up in a family, 
you know, where we really were able to experience healthy relationships with mom and dad. And even if mom and dad were divorced, at least to be able to see what a healthy relationship was, where are we supposed to learn this? Certainly not by watching shows on television and in the school system, they, they don't teach, they don't teach children about healthy, certainly in the American school systems that I'm aware of, uh, about healthy relationships. So we're really left to our own devices to figure this out on our own. And I'm hoping that your podcast will encourage people to, you know, get yourself together emotionally, psychologically, and become a student of relationship education where you're actually learning and are interested in learning, gee, what are the ingredients that really do need to go into a healthy relationship? So that's number two. Number three, number three is my formula and my book. I did research with 450 people in the Boston, Providence and Connecticut area. And I devised a 10 step formula, which culminated in the book for better, for worse, forever, discover the path to lasting love that teaches us exactly how to assess. And I know assess is not sexy and it's not romantic, but it is critical how to assess who is right for you and who's wrong for you before committing to any serious relationship. And when you think about it, we assess every single thing in our lives, our creams, our lipsticks, our, our computers, our cell phones. But when we think about relationships, that is not a word normally that we would use. And yet it is a critical word. And one of the things people who know me personally, they know that I'm probably one of the most impatient people in my personal life that you will ever want to meet. Uh, I want it now. I want it yesterday. Professionally, of course, that's not the way I am. And my research found, Cheryl, that it takes about a year to play this thing out and to really find out who somebody is and isn't. And you cannot fast forward the process. Now, obviously, if you're going to be experiencing a lot of you know, red flags, you're not gonna stay in for a year, but you have to play out the points of the game just as well as I do when I'm playing a tennis match. And all of these things have to be looked at so that you have clarity about the reality of your relationship so that you're going to then be able to find out who your partner is and who your partner is not. And I feel that if the relationship moves forward, that, that's great. But if the relationship ends, that's also great before you are committing to a relationship where you're really putting yourself at risk in a variety of different kinds of ways. And number four, of course, is communication. And uh, you know, I just uh, finished writing an article for Dad's Papers on uh, emotional communication and problem solving. And again, um, most people have not learned the art of emotional communication and problem solving. And it too is a skill. It's a skill that we need to learn if we ever want to have a successful relationship, personal 
our business, really, when you think about it, or with our friends, uh, these are skills that we need to be willing to, um, to learn. Well, it, it's so important what you've said, and you do have this 10-step formula, which really um, uh, expands on those four points you just made, and we'll talk about a couple of them in a, in a minute. But, you know, talking about do you really know this person is so important on so many levels, and especially now that so many people are meeting online. And we hear stories all the time from women that we know are dating say, oh, he turned out to, you know, actually be married or he's this or he's that, and not the person that was being presented to them at all. And there's this movie now on Netflix that it's getting a lot of buzz, and I know you talked about it too, that's a, based on a true story. It's called The Tinder Swindler, and it was a guy who built million literally millions of dollars out of women and he's just somehow got their confidence so what just for a couple moments because so we know so many women who are in online and you know possibly vulnerable and this guy was very good these weren't stupid women that he built out of his money so maybe just give us a little advice you know to women who are out there dating on what they should be aware of well, I think that if people are meeting online, and of course, more than 80% of people these days are meeting online, uh, after a couple of interactions, whether uh, they're on the phone or on Zoom, it is time to meet in person and go through this assessment process. So I don't have a problem whether or not you're meeting online or whether or not you're meeting in person or whether or not somebody has, has introduced you. You still need to go through the, let's call it the process of discovery. Uh, you know, based on my, my, my research, my formula, my, my book, and never, never, never give anybody any money. I mean, this Simon Liv, who is 31 year old, uh, is Israeli. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, he conned women uh, throughout Europe for over $10 million. And what was very upsetting, because you talk about glamorizing dysfunction in, in, in the media, uh, he was supposed to serve a 15 month sentence, jail sentence in Israel. And he got off in five months for, in quotes, good behavior. And a couple of days ago, Cheryl, I was reading that a top Hollywood agent, Gina Rodriguez, has signed him on and he's going to be doing a dating show and he's ah. going to have a podcast. And, uh, you know, what is the message? Well, crime, crime pays. And what an invalidation to all of the women who, whose hearts were broken and women lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, each, each, each woman, uh, you know, to this uh, Simon Liv. So I think that getting to know somebody in the real world is really important. In fact, I can tell you a quick story about a patient of mine. Um, she met somebody online and she was madly in love and they texted and they sexted and they talked for one year. And she came to see me, she was having some depression issues. And I said to her, I said, so what's he like? You know, where do you go? And she says, well, we, we haven't met. 
And I said, well, your homework is to meet. You're both in New York, you know, meet. And what was fascinating, they met and they never saw each other again. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so you want to get again, go through the process of finding out who someone is and, and isn't. And, you know, it's so sad to be able to, to say what I'm about to say, but, you know, some women that I know have hired private detectives just to make sure that the person is who he or she appears to be we have to really really be careful and um you know and i think trust our trust those little voices that we hear you know inside of us and in the case of the uh, tinder swindler a lot of things because i watched i watched the entire series there were a lot of clues that things were not kosher and yet these women, the yachts and the, and, and the luxury and the planes and the hopes and the dreams and the fantasies, uh, they really took over. And it's unfortunate these women were, were, were targets. And then to think that, you know, he's now being represented by Gina Rodriguez in Hollywood. I mean, really. <laughs> that's, that's just awful. That's just appalling. It really is. I, I, I'm sure those women he built aren't very happy about this right now either. Maybe they could go after some of that money that he makes. Right. But, well, I, I want to go a little bit more into your 10-step your formula, which we don't have time to go through all of these, but people can find them online and in your book, and, and you give a lot of workshops, workshops around this topic too. And it's all about never making a mistake in love and as you say getting to know this person before it really becomes a serious committed relationship and the really first important step that's so important i think that you talk about it's actually two it's what was this person's family background and what are the skeletons in the closet so can you talk about that a little bit and maybe just how do you go about asking some of those questions because sometimes that could be a little I guess it sounds intrusive but intrusive I guess as someone you're trying to have an intimate relationship I guess you should be kind of intrusive right and well I mean maybe not intrusive but we have to give ourselves permission to ask the tough questions so you're not going to put the person on trial and just like when I see people in my office I begin with family background I want to know what happened and what didn't happen it is the same kind of thing you know what was it like growing up in in your family and if you had you know a mother and father you know what was their relationship like and, uh, you know, basically, what was your takeaway? Because what we see is that if people have grown up, and I've seen this for, for so many years with thousands of people, you know, uh, growing up in families, for example, where there was poor communication or abuse of various different kinds, and if they haven't gotten help for themselves, if they haven't acknowledged addressed and resolve the issues that continue to get in the way of their lives and relationships they repeat history and it is important to know what happened now we're not going to not want to be with somebody because they were unlucky and unfortunate that they grew up in a very dysfunctional and perhaps abusive family but we want to know what have they done to learn the necessary skills and work through those old 
problems that absolutely would have impacted them growing up. So I would want to hear something like, you know, I grew up in a terrible family. Uh, there was abuse. There was of, of various different kinds, but I didn't want to be like my dad or I didn't want to be like my mom. So what I did, I went to therapy. I did a lot of reading. I realized that I was not prepared to have a healthy relationship with anyone. And I was prepared and I've done the work. Now, those are the kinds of things you want to hear. But of course, Cheryl, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, for me, uh, words, words, words are all very interesting. But, you know, my saying is it's not what you say, it's what you do. And again, you need to play this out to be able to see you know, where this person is really at. And I don't want people to get the idea that because there are problems, you're going to throw away your relationship. Right. We all have problems. There isn't such a thing as a perfectly happily ever after. But what you sure want to know is whether or not you and your partner are going to be able to communicate and problem solve a variety of different issues, all issues that come up so again, acknowledge, address, resolve as best as you can the issues that get in the way of your life and relationship. And that includes, you know, discussing and compromise and trade-offs and where people are committed, they're committed to the relationship and they are committed to a win-win resolution. And if you're talking about skeletons in the closet, I mean, you really do need to find out whether or not you're, you're with a Kanye West who is uh, bipolar by his own admission, who is off his medication by his own admission, and you're putting yourself at risk. If you are going to be with somebody who has an untreated psychiatric disorder, people who are abusive in any way, whether we're talking about physical, sexual, verbal, psychological. So there are a lot of things that you really have to look at and that you have to know to look at before you can feel confident that you are in a safe place. And, you know, the work that I've done it's all about educating and empowering women and, and, and keeping ourselves safe. And unless we go through this kind of a process, um, we are really putting ourselves at risk. Right. And it's understanding, as you said earlier, those red flags, like the women who were being swindled, you know, they missed a lot of the red or they chose to ignore those red flags. And that yes. comes to another point that I, I, I just thought is really important to bring up too right now is one of your other key things is listening, how well we communicate and do we really listen? Are we hearing what that other person is really saying? And sometimes we, because we want things to work out so well, we, we just don't listen to, to what we should be listening to, correct? No, ab ab absolutely. And it is very important to to hear and and to listen. And look, we all know what it's like. We, we want that connection because, you know, as I've said, and I'm sure you would agree, I mean, in the end, what is more important than connection and, and, and love and having a, a wonderful relationship? And uh, oftentimes we we're, we're so desperate for that connection that we, as you say, we, we don't listen, we don't hear, 
and uh, we, you know, we look the other way, but then we pay. And as you know, just looking at the statistics that I was citing at the beginning, uh, some very, very dire consequences. So we have to, we have to be smart. And all of this, you know, as I'm talking, I know how unromantic it is. It is. And if there was a way, Cheryl, that we could just bypass all of this, I would have figured this out a long time ago as one of the most impatient people in my personal life that I've ever met. But uh, un unfortunately, there, there isn't. And if people are really looking to find and maintain uh, a healthy relationship and to never make a mistake in love again, uh, for better or for worse, they really do need to go through this process. Well, BD, your message is so important and it's probably never been more important. And uh, your mission is so important to make sure this message gets out anywhere and everywhere you can. So if anyone is listening, BD loves to be, you know, loves to talk to groups, talk to people, whether it's in schools, women's groups, feel free to reach out to her. Uh, you just, you have such great advice for everyone. And I thank you again for joining me on, on my show. I know you were on, I looked up, I think it was a year and a half ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to get BD back because you're such a wise woman on such an important mission. So I thank you so much for being here again today. And everyone, you can listen to BD uh, on her show. It's Ask BD. It's every Monday from three to four Eastern time on the Progressive Radio Network, and then it's a podcast, and she has interesting guests and always great topics. And you can learn more about her at bdcohen.com, and we'll have all that in the show notes. So, BD, thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. It's always wonderful to speak with you. I love you dearly, and I can't wait to see you in person soon. Me too. I give you a huge hug. Absolutely. All right. Thank stay, you. Stay well. You too.